Oh great, another Snideful production. Hey, welcome to Snifle. I'm Tucker. I'm Todd. Willkommen to Schneidful. <laughs> That's not going to be our thing. <laughs> oh, man. But but that has a lot of place potentially in our episode tonight. Yeah, it will, especially if we get out of, you know, like carried away with the German stuff. That's interesting, because where did that that specifically is from? What was the place? It was the sperm bank. Yeah. And so, when, I mean, when we come to it, we can figure out how they're related somehow. Oh, my goodness. Related to the, the mine people? Yeah, maybe the guy that works at the sperm bank, if he's a recurring character that we end up seeing in some way, like he lives in our town, maybe the race that he is of is mine people. He's a mine person. The mine folk. Mine folk. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I don't know why you just put an idea for a whole concept into mine, but like a witch hunt, but it's it's witchcraft, it's Minecraft, and they're on a mine hunt. Oh, interesting. But let's let's try to parse and sort through the important parts of our episode tonight, which are the news and Paperboy and kind of continuing the main storyline. Yes, uh, I think it's a return to our previous newsroom that's all, you know, shot up. It's still tore up. Probably no fresh bullet holes, maybe a bit of like old police tape. It's been a couple of days. Right. They've been they've been too busy with all the news to actually shoot at each other. I need reminders of things. You said it's still shot up, but not changed too much. What was it? Why was it shot up before? They were shooting at each other before. The newsroom <laughs> was a total war zone already. They were they were playing tragedy bingo and shooting at each other. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the place was littered with bullet holes and scorch marks and dead news anchors. I like so, the idea that there is police tape, though. Like somebody's been yeah, investigating. Yeah, there's there's police tape. Probably some of the holes have like fresh putty over them. The The same anchors who were living at the end of last episode are probably still alive now. They've been they've been too busy with actual real news to shoot yeah. at each other because the city's, you know, in a state of flux and chaos right now. Right. Not that Tucker and Todd are aware, but things are going wild. And that's that's what the uh, news will be about is cleanup efforts are still underway. Some of the monsters have been, you know, corralled and euthanized. How much time? Yeah. So like like a week or a couple of weeks have passed. Yeah. Let's say it's been a week, maybe two. So cleanup efforts are still underway, but they're like 85 percent done or something. Yeah, there's there's still a bunch of monsters on the loose, but. A number of them have been found, cornered, and euthanized. And they're all, they've all been like loaded up into the same dumpster or the same pit by, uh, by a bulldozer. Is now, the pit it, in the vicinity of the facility or is it a separate? Place? Uh, it's probably a separate place. Okay. But if, if you recall, the monster swarm took Anderson Coopist with them, he's the centerpiece of what will eventually manifest as Paperboy. Right. Because he was delivering papers at the time of his capture. But he will be amongst the group of 
he, like he's still missing, but he's he's in the assorted random pile of what they presume are dead monsters. Okay, so how, so the this episode, episode two of season two, starts with the news. Yes, it starts with the news. It it's gonna just be detailing that while there are still some monsters unaccounted for, a large number of them have been you know rounded rounded up and exterminated, and they're being disposed of at a secure location. And it'll show a couple of shots of you know that exact thing happening, and so they'll be like. So do you know? Don't be afraid, public. Things are under control. I'm just making sure because this is creating a pattern. If we do this, are we gonna the are we gonna start every episode with the news of this season? I was thinking that that would be a fun pattern to have. Yeah. Okay. If yeah, if we're doing, but, I but think if only we're for do it, one season. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, I agree. But since since we started the very first one that way, and I think. Since we're involving the the general level of health of the entire city in this, then I think a quick news update intro and outro for each is actually kind of appropriate and we can make it real funny. Yeah, I'm just I am just trying to remember. Do you remember? I feel like we have an episode or maybe three with Play-Doh that start with the news. I don't we know might. That's important. I mean, that 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 stuff can all be figured out for as a different thing down the road. Whatever. I'm letting it. I'm letting it distract me. Um, but if okay. we are, if we are going to do the news every time, either we need to create additional newscasters, a couple of regulars who won't be killed. Oh, I, I mean, there's always the possibility that we open with the news twice, and then in episode three we start with the news, and then Tucker and Todd immediately, like somebody who is, is uh, like genre aware or, or trope aware or whatever, interrupts and says, listen, you guys got to, this is the, the like makes a, a fourth wall break of this is the, the crossing the Rubicon. This is the point of no return. Are we opening every episode with the news? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. And then we don't have to open up with the news anymore. Yeah. If we keep doing this, then we're dedicated. <laughs> Are we all in? Is this no. us? Is this our? This is what we do. <laughs> You're like, you're right. This is the third time I had to click. That's good. I like that. Especially because at the end of yes, uh, yesterday, the end of last week's episode, the boys had actually decided the news was stupid and it was time for a return to print media. But that was mostly supposed to be just like a reference to the upcoming Paperboy. And I think that the next episode might be anti-imperialism. Yep. So that could work if we're like, are we doing the news? And we, we agree, no, we're not. So we change the channel and it's a commercial for the fun farm. Hey, that looks cool. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that's what will be in the news before we change the channel. Oh, yeah. So so that's what's in the news. And then we change the channel and then that's what's in the commercial. And But the energy and the presentation is different. So we're suddenly OK with it. I like this now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this is it's, good. Uh, the news <laughs> is like some kind of breaking scandal some kind of uh, you know negative viewpoint and then the commercial it's all hype and fun and we're like we like this much better <laughs> so we don't like that <laughs> somebody in a podcast i was listening to said oh nicole buyer said that she won't use spotify people always tell her to use spotify she uses apple podcasts everybody says why don't you use spotify it's better everything works better and she says 
It's the there's no light option. Apple Podcasts is white and bright and makes me happy, and Spotify is black and sad, and I won't have that in my life. And it's like, wow, what a what, way to live. <laughs> what kind of disgusting savage uses light mode on anything? I don't know. <laughs> Does staring at an incandescent light bulb all day make you happy? That is, it is actually, yeah, disgusting. <laughs> like that's. Why do you abuse your eyes? Why do you hate yourself? Who hurt you? It's a very bizarre take on life. Yeah, but dark that, mode that, is life affirming. If there is no better example then of just how genuinely we are all different as human beings. <laughs> yeah, and, and how different some human beings shouldn't be. I guess opposition to dark mode. Do people who have a, a tendency toward light mode have more of like a moth brain then? Are they more basic and reptilian? Oh, they're they're more stimulated by light. Whereas like, people who prefer like, dark mode, yeah, people who prefer dark mode aren't quite so easily amused by jingling keys. Well, and they're also more adapted to uh, work parasitically with technology. Mm. You can use technology the longer that you can live with it, tolerate it. I have I have this theory that a lot of uh, like neurodivergent things are like humans trying to evolve. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure at least some of them are cases of like divergent evolution. Yeah. Just like bizarre adaptations that are just not quite there yet, but they're go they're coming along. Yeah, they're like yeah, one sixty fourth of the way there. Yeah. Well it's like <laughs> it's not very generous. <laughs> not generous. But I mean I'm it's a long process. It we is. haven't had the we haven't had the technology that long. And I was about to say it's like a deep learning AI, but real life is a better metaphor for what deep learning AI is. Yeah, but it is definitely like a deep learning AI in that it's it really, really stumbling, but it'll it'll get there. Well, have you watched one of those time lapses of like a car learning how to park or whatever? It literally takes like 97,000 iterations to get it close. Yeah, I all flesh is responsible. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all kinds of AIs are terrifying. And all if you give them, yeah, if you give them the wrong stimulus, the wrong information, they start drawing the wrong conclusions because they don't have any like intuition or lateral thinking. So we feed it Reddit. Yeah, if you feed it Reddit, you will get a hate <laughs> machine. <laughs> <laughs> it will think that up is down and right is wrong. On it's, this episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, it's only as smart as the information you give it. And if you give it Reddit, it's poof. Shudder. Yes. All right. Speaking of Shudder, uh, the news is on. The news is on. But I, I, don't think, about... I don't think the boys are watching it. But it is on in the background. Oh, yeah. How in the last episode, they were watching it, right? They were watching it very excitedly, and then they were pulled away from it to partake in a game of D&D. &D. And then at the end of the episode, they weren't quite so into the news. Something about it upset them or bothered them. So they're like, you know what? Let's go back to print media. So it's on in the background. They're not actually watching it. It's noise, and somebody's going to turn it off around when the by the time the news out, out, outstays its welcome. Oh, is 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 Anderson because I'm I'm thinking that this is actually a really convenient way to just go from the news to anybody else who's watching it. So maybe it's not on in the background. Maybe Anderson Coopist is watching the news and having a bit of like a 
going through the process of of uh, grief or whatever as he becomes the next iteration of himself. Have have the has is he already starting to transform the the some of the some of the bodies some of the material from the dump site has gone missing. Yeah, because did we we didn't say where he went. He just got scurried off with the monsters. Yeah, he got he got taken with them, and if most of them are being hauled to a dump site, he's probably amongst the bodies. Mm, I was imagining him in like a sewer, like he's already got a lair. If it's been a week, right? Yes, uh, he'll have a lair for sure. Is he's being he's going to be reanimated? The the dead monsters are going to sort of pool together. Oh, do we have do we have the news as a voiceover describing the cleanup effort as we show a montage of his process of coming conscious, like waking up in a in a dump heap and then like finding a lair and then building his whatever. Interesting. I kind of like that better than the usual segue that we're we've been doing where it immediately backs off from the TV to just show the news playing in the studio. Yeah, it might be better if the news is the news is discussing the current topic and then eventually the the camera kind of it's got like a little corner uh, module that shows, you know, a picture of the dump site and people in hazmat suits. And then the camera zooms in and in and in and in and in until it's at the dump site. And then, of course, the guys in hazmat suits leave for the day. And then there's just this pile of monster goo just kind of sitting there and then it zooms in further and there's Anderson Cooper's head sticking out and his eyes shoot open and maybe he's got spooky eyes now. Are you, oh, so are you saying, I think we're describing still sort of like two different things. Are you saying, so how does that, what is the first frame in that process? The first frame in which part of it? So you're you're saying that the news montage ends on his eyes opening? Not necessarily ends there, but that's that's a, a moment for a beat. His eyes open. And then it can now we're no longer in the news. There's no more voiceover. Now it's just showing the perspective of Anderson Coopist and his now sort of gestalt body escaping from this pile. I was I was thinking of including the escape and the finding the layer all under the news process. And then it can cut to him, like do the, the audio effect where the 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 voiceover is is directly the like front channel and then as the montage ends it's him watching the end of the newsreel and it cuts to like the the tinny sound in the background video and then that's when he looks up in disgust because they make some mention of a missing anchor or something like that or maybe they don't make a miss mention of missing anchor and that's what he's angry anderson Coopist is still missing okay does he still know his name and all these types of things i guess we haven't even discussed that uh, I'm going to assume that there's some semblance of his identity left in there, but it's buried and he's just kind of all of these things at once now. Oh, do they describe him as paper as like a uh, brand new paper boy, Anderson Coopis, because he was fired. He's disgraced and whatnot. Yeah, so he's a like disgraced anchor, so, so he's just a paper boy. He doesn't like that. Rookie paper boy, Anderson Coopis. Oh, rookie. Rookie. That's. What a slap in the face. Fledgling. Oh, there you go. Fledgling paper boy. But uh, if we want to do the new, the have the news voiceover continue, even after the, as the hazmat guys leave and then the bodies take the opportunity to reanimate now that they're no longer being watched and then escape, 
that's that's the opportunity for the voiceover to be contradicted by the events we see on the screen. Like the voiceover, you know, says that oh, the monsters are being disposed of securely and safely. Everything is under control. And then we see that they're just getting back up and leaving. That serves like multiple duty on a whole bunch of things. That, yeah. um, what's the word? Continues, I don't know, resumes, carries on. Carries on the, the jab we were making about the news being unscrupulous and lying. They yeah, are just telling the truth. And generally being, you know, unprofessional and dumbass. They're just not doing their job well. Oh, we, we can't even cut to, like, they say a, a, a local business owner even says that something, something, something. And then it cuts to feet on the street, like, talking head um, interview. And the guy says the exact opposite of the thing that Anchor said he said. <laughs> they they show it on the news. <laughs> Yeah, they, they say that, like, all... Oh, Monsters are all, you know, gone and businesses resuming as usual. And then, yes, there's a there's a business owner whose shop has literally just been ransacked by like a six legged alligator thing. <laughs> it's still in there. He's like, yeah, it's still here. And they're like, so you're saying everything is fine. And, and our our local constabulary has done an excellent job. He's 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 in the store with it. He's like pressed against the window, screaming, "It's still in here! Let me out!" They've got the microphone held up to the window. <laughs> yeah. And then I suppose that's time for him to get eaten. Yeah. yeah we're all there. out of bagels, and now it's <laughs> eating me. The camera goes back to the anchor's face. That is me, Megan Stallion. It's Megan the Stallion live from Main Street. I don't know. The heart, the, the heart of our local businesses will never be extinguished by these kinds of things. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an opportunity for somebody to get shattered through that window. And it's just ah! screaming and flying. And then the, the, the monster goes after him just in the background of that frame as she's signing off. Oh, I like that. That actually, the whole scene is ended by the monster coming through and eating everyone. The camera gets destroyed. It cuts back to the 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 newsroom. Yes, that's encouraging stuff from anchor Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Deceased. <laughs> Deceased. <laughs> Death is cheap to them, so they don't even care. They just they just have a little checklist. They mark her off. That's probably a, that's probably somebody's bingo. The news these days, all they do is parrot something, something. That's X parrot. I'm shoehorning it. <laughs> okay, and yes, and oh, that's even better actually, because then it's it's uh, since it goes to the street and then back into the newsroom, that's an opportunity for us to actually still do the the back off into the studio bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do we back off into the studio or we back off into? Koopa's lair. Ah, interesting. Because that's what I was kind of imagining, is him watching the news and then being pissed off about what he's hearing. Is a nice rejoiner with him, and not even it's more than a subtle hint. I do, I do like that. Um, we want to be kind of subtle about what exactly is happening to him. Is he doing, is he doing like his hand is slowly becoming paper kind of thing? M Marty! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's turning into paper. But he is turning into something. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah. Are we eliminating the idea that he's made of paper? Since he is a, a, a paper delivery boy, that's why he's a paper boy. Is we, got a, we got away army? with that before because all of our characters were made of paper. 
but I don't know if we'll be able to withstand a final boss of the season made out of paper when he's supposed to be actually made out of a bunch of different monsters. Although if he if he is made out of paper, that hmm, because he was supposed to be he was basically a shape changer, right? And during the during the Halloween's uh, bit, he actually came to visit us in costume. I think we'd have been oh. slight. I think we'd have been slightly more alarmed if he was perfectly two D and we weren't. Is is um? I got. Well, let me. I got distracted by a screen. Okay. Is he still a shapeshifter? Is he is he glitching with the glitching effect that we were setting up in season one as outside related? Yes, I think so. He should be pretty glitchy. So he's doing that. Does he have control over his shapeshifting? I can't remember. Not at first, I assume. But he he's not finished transforming. So he's he probably still looks very much like Anderson Koopas, but just like with some goop on him. His his suit has seen better days. Okay. But I do I do like the idea of the screen backing off to show him in his lair for a brief moment, probably from behind as he's watching a TV that somehow for some reason is hooked up in the sewer. Is it in a sewer? I was going to say, do we have good ideas for what the the lair is? I don't know. I think I think sewer is a great place for a lair, but I always like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you, do you think uh, some place other than a sewer would be best? I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of subverting it in some way. He's in a fucking penthouse. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He just went to his mom's house because it is his mom that is like a rich woman, right? She's famous. Oh, right. She's a Vanderbilt. Yeah, she's like part of old money. Yeah, she is an heiress. Oh, but that, that's Anderson Cooper. Is Anderson Cooper uh, the son of an heiress? I can't remember. If, oh, did we say that he was the son of Queen Bay? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think we said that. I don't remember okay. if we decided what his origin was. I don't know if we did at all. But that would be kind of funny if he was just posted up. He's got the support of... Uh, it's like in Gilmore Girls. Anytime somebody was hard done by it, they just went and stayed at their like a rich grandparents' guest house. <laughs> he probably would need a guest house because he's uh, not quite himself. Oh, does he go? He goes and stays at Roman Polanski's house. <laughs> he's hanging out with all that crew. Well, he's definitely not hanging out with anybody. Oh, right, he's alone. He's yes, he's, in so- he's in he's in solitude as he mutates horrifically. Hmm. Then maybe it is a sewer. I was trying to think of some sort of wordplay that somebody misunderstood what what a sewer was. Can't think of anything. So yeah, placeholder. It's a sewer. Sewer, an abandoned uh, building, an oh. alley somewhere. That would actually. It would be cool if it was something sort of satirical and had something to do with news. Something that was defunct and run down, and nobody uses these anymore because nobody gives a shit about the news. Kind of statement. Like where. I don't know. Is, ins- is it a- is the inside of a newspaper bin? A newspaper bin or just a newspaper shop? I don't know. There's no such thing. A news shop is a convenience store and everybody goes there. Yeah, uh, there's like, um, oh, now I can't remember what they'd be called. It's just like a little on the street shop. Like a kiosk? Yes, a kiosk. That's not exactly a place for a monster to layer. No. I'm starting to think that sewers were invented for this. I guess it is. 
Maybe that's the joke. That's the joke that goes in. I always where whenever I can't come up with a good joke, I try to make the a joke about how there's no good joke here. And the joke here is then, well, we spent a long time deliberating about uh, how to come up with like a a humorous subversion of the traditional villainous layer trope, and there really is none. So we ended up at the sewer. I think that's an opportunity in an, in a later episode to do a bit of a montage where the Anderson Koopas monster goes looking for a nice lair and he goes through all of these places and decides they're just not, they're not doing it for him. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, sewer it is. He's not happy about it either. But yes, the, uh, the camera perspective can back out of the news and reveal an Anderson Koopas from a, a rear profile as he's standing there or sitting there and watching it. And he's got stuff going on. Maybe he shakes. Maybe uh, a couple of creepy, weird noises. Something that sounds wet that suggests that something is going on with him, but you can't quite see what. And then it it needs to shift away from that because we don't want to reveal too much of what's going on with him too fast. Yeah, now that is very interesting. We shift away from from that scene. Yeah, we don't want we don't want to linger in his lair too long. Because it's only episode two, and he's supposed to take several episodes to fully be himself. Oh, is the last is the last uh, lines of the news something related to how Tucker and Todd are linked to the the facility, uh, br- like the breakout? The news is announcing that somehow it's related to Tucker and Todd, and then that's when. Um, Anderson Koopas shuts off the television and is like cursing, ah, oh, Tucker and Todd. And then you hear echoing, Tucker, Todd. <laughs> and that's when we pan away to us being called by Jay or whatever. Oh, you you wanted to show that. So it, it reveal. I know, it would be like, and here are some still images taken from a nearby security camera af- during the, the breakout. And it's it shows like us. Yeah, it, it. And since we were in the news very recently, they know who we are. Right. But yes, it's like this just in. We've got we've got brand new footage of the the event in which all these monsters broke out in the first place. Look, questions at these. continue to arise as police have linked the breakout to local podcasters, Tucker and Todd. I think they call us local hooligans now. Local hooligans. Yeah. I mean, we just caused a triple homicide. <laughs> to, to social pariahs, Tucker and Todd. Yeah. And that's when, yeah, the click, click, oh, Tucker and Todd. But yeah, I, I think, I actually think that the news doesn't have to name us. I think he can shut it off just before they say who we are. Okay. And he can, and, and that's when he, like, he, because he knows who we are. He was part of the newscast that would have reported on us during the triple homicide. Oh, and his line is cursed that cursed that Tucker and Todd. I was actually thinking that he would start saying that and then it would immediately segue to Jay calling us. Oh, like he gets the half a T out and then it switches to the frame. Yes, that way we don't have to have Tucker and Todd said and over and over and over again within this scene (laughs) just needs to be stated once. So it goes from the news to Koopist and then right to Jay calling us in the studio. And they're all kind of finishing each other's sentences. Sandwiches. <laughs> yes. That's hard to get. the time. I think I actually nailed the timing on that. That was good. 
It's hard to tell over a microphone. But that's that's an excellent way to segue right back into the studio. By the way, that is a joke I enjoy a lot. When somebody pauses to think about what they're saying and you insert each other's sandwiches or each other's sentences into what they're saying. <laughs> each other's sandwiches is better. Because when people say, because people always do the finish each other's and then they kind of leave it open and then you say sandwiches. <laughs> they're never ready for that. Never. Nobody expects to have their sandwich finished. Okay, so we are now in the studio then? Yes. Now, were we watching the news or were we obeying the rule we had set for ourselves last time with the only print media? Maybe we're reading the newspapers. Oh, that's actually, that's the best opportunity for uh, a great big headline that says, still missing Anderson Coopist. Oh, I was going to say somebody's flipping through the newspaper and says... Do, when did we start getting the newspaper delivered? Who Who's flipping through it? I mean, I feel like when did we start getting the newspaper delivered is a Todd sort of line. I noticed something is amiss, but I really don't. I, mean, I haven't quite caught on. I can't remember which one of uh, Tucker or Todd decided that it was time to just subscribe to a newspaper. Oh, is that a decision that we made? <laughs> yes, they decided that it was time to get a newspaper subscription at okay. the end of the news last episode. Oh, I totally forgot that. Seems seems like a Todd thing to do is to actually sub- do the subscribing. Tucker's not responsible enough. You give him a mission to subscribe to something, and next thing you know, you're getting weird ma- magazines. So since I'm the one that subscribed, then I'm going to say that I'm the one that's reading. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, before I get into that, so we come, we so we're in the studio. So straight woman was saying our names. That's that's yes. how we how we come back from. What yeah, is she calls she us away from say? whatever our attention is. is what she is she? To get us? She's she's probably going to try to get us to go to work. After all, that's what we're we have trying a, to do. we have a sketch to write. Are we trying to segue into the sketch now? That's what this is. Kind of, yeah. Boys, quit reading that newspaper. That's kind of interesting. We're we are all quit reading. <laughs> or oh, are we? We don't know how to read a newspaper. We've got it all. We've been playing pretend. We've got the newspaper where we've turned it into pirate hats and swords, and we're playing pretend with the newspaper. And she's trying to get us to stop playing pretend and go to work. That's not what a newspaper is for. Oh, I like that though. Because then then Tucker's well into it. And then we're both like this. This newspaper subscription was the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that a lot, actually. Yeah, then we're super into it. And yes, yeah, she's going to do what she usually does and terminate our fun and inform us that we're doing it wrong and that we really ought to get to work. Oh, and that's that's a good one. That's a good. Actually, that's this is a great opportunity for us, for for there to be something, if we have a hat on our head made of newspaper, then the camera can zoom in when when she's she's like, that's not how you use a newspaper. And we're like, well, how do you use a newspaper? And she says something, something, something. And we point to one of the news stories that's on the hat on our head and we say headline and then whatever the joke is. But that's the, that is my idea for a gag there. Headline? Yeah, the, 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 the news story on our head is the headline. Yeah, I'll figure it out later. Is it is it going to be topical? Is it going to say something about Anderson Coopist? Uh, no, I thought it was more something to do with either using a newspaper properly, like proving her wrong or just trolling her. Like the, the point of the, the headline gag is to be a joke so bad that it, don't, it like gives her the pan face. But then we get to work. She's like, now, snap, clap, clap, clap. <laughs> now. Now. 
I'm not asking you to like it. I'm telling you to do it. I can't remember what it was that we were doing. I just have this memory of being in the library in the 10th grade at high school and making a whole bunch of racket laughing like hyena cackling and the uh, the the Russian uh, librarian coming with her, her arms at full 90 degree full extension and like alligator sl- clapping, screaming, get out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> why is it always that. the russians <laughs> oh those always russians why do they hate fun i don't know i wonder if it's biological yeah in soviet russia fun hates you fun. <laughs> okay let's get into this classroom shall we oh yes we have to we get dragged away from our newspaper sword fight and fun we're having a great time playing with the news Oh, sorry. Is one of the news stories a prompt that gives us an idea for what our our story is going to be? Ah, that is an interesting place to get our our uh, premise. I was going to write down in the notes where do the boys get the premise, or is there a particular reason why they choose that one? If we're like, okay, we're going, and then we sit down, it's like we're sitting down and are writing, like, oh, all right. Right, time to work and then it does a five hours later and we're like laying on the floor kicking the sky kind of thing like haven't had an idea haven't had we... an idea <laughs> and that's when we we see one of the headlines on the newspaper well even was where did that premise come from the canary I, oh i was I, even reading it i'm not sure but it, it was a pot it was, was so funny it was this it was the podcast this paranormal life they were talking about how the idea of in Ireland, they didn't, it was, they didn't have canaries or they were so poor. Yeah, I think it was, they didn't have canaries. So they would dress up a local, like village boy as a right. canary and send him down the mine. So like what if that would our, somehow <laughs> help. So like, what if, what if the headline that we read on the newspaper is that like uh, a grave of an unmarked grave of, of, of mine canary boys of mine children <laughs> has been found in Ireland. They're, they're calling for reparations. Are they in Ireland? Who? These the mine people? Um, they're 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 in an Appalachian coal mine. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that we need a newspaper story that's going to inspire us to write a a sketch about Appalachian coal mine people. Oh right. Hmm. So 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 we so we read a story about Irish canary boys in the news, and we're like, that's tragic. <laughs> Let's write a story about these canary cannery in the coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's tragic. <laughs> that's horrible. Where? Yeah, okay, I mean, so, we, we so could... we we uh, disassemble our hats, and we're just kind of we start playing with those as we you know can't think of anything, and then we're just like, hang on a minute, it's my birthday. Oh yeah, so maybe may, like, look may... at the date, and then we're like, what's that got to do with anything? I guess nothing. Oh, yeah. When we do the five hours later, are we sitting around bored or are we playing again? We've turned the, the paper into like paper airplanes. And, and oh, maybe somebody maybe earlier in the episode when Straight Woman told us to stop playing around, she does one of those. It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that never happens. And then we're playing with paper airplanes and one of the airplanes hits us in the eyeball. Yes. And then you, that the person who gets hit in the eyeball pulls the paper out of their eyeball and stretches it out and goes, hey, I've got an idea. Or no, they're stretching out. And the other person, seeing it, the paper stretch oh, out I've, before I've them. Oh, I've got it. Out. 
What's that? I've got it. The The paper is stuck and it's going to take the other fella to pull it out. <laughs> That's great. He's got a, like it, it, it's stuck in Tucker's eye and Todd's going to have to put a foot on his chest and pull. <laughs> I love that. Like, and like, yank the, yeah, just like it's really in there. Like Pooh got stuck in rabbit's rabbit hole or whatever. Yeah. And he's and he yanks it out and then kind of goes for a tumble with it. But it, it comes unraveled as it does. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Tucker's like, I can't I can't hear you over the sound of my eyeball agony. No, check out this story. Did you hear about what? all these kids in Ireland? <laughs> what kids in Ireland? They call those leprechauns. Don't be insensitive. And so that inspires us to write a story about these kids in a coal mine. Yeah, if we literally if we literally act out kind of the conversation that we had in this scene, we go uh, it says they were sending kids down. The Ireland didn't have canaries, so they would send kids down. And we're like, man, that's tragic. Can you imagine if they had like a cannery in a coal mine? What if it was like a whole society? Like we have the conversation, and then it goes into the classroom. Yeah, and there's yes, there's a classroom of kids learning about their own little coal mine city's history and what do we say about the festival of mine or of coal (laughs) (laughs) every single one of their holidays is coal your your timing on they're in a cannery what's in the cans coal really gut laughs me which one well, we were talking about it's a cannery, and you were you you were describing in the original episode. You say, "Yeah, they're they're canning something. What's in the cans? Coal." Your timing <laughs> and delivery on it murders me. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's exactly what's going on. But yeah, um, we've got. Uh, have we decided that they're going to be silly Germans in this Appalachian like coal mining town that's just like a subterranean civilization? I think so. I think. I'm fairly sold completely on the idea that they are called the M E I N mine people. Yep, the mine, the mine folk. Mine, mine people. You got to put them both in order. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so the, the blinds are down in the classroom, but but at some point somebody needs to open them, and it reveals that they're actually just in just the interior a wall. of a coal mine. <laughs> yeah. Like out in the distance, you see like industrial machinery like a great big conveyor belt hauling chunks of coal around and like there there are men with pickaxes and stuff yeah subterranean society yeah everything is kind of coal dust flecked Mm, i like that are we going are we doing a bit of a genre thing with it then yeah the descent is it it the descent what's the oh like the horror film yeah (laughs) except the people are the monsters like a western or something like that I love westerns. If we play, if we play the mind people, sort of like a western. I'm not sure. Unless, do we have another western coming up? I think so. No. But um, we've got these kids. They're they're sitting down in the classroom. It is history. It is the history of the mind people and our and their town. Does their little mind town have a name, or is it just mind town? I mean, I think it, for now, I think that is what it is. Mind town. Mind town. Go down Mine Street. All right. And they're, what they're reviewing is the history of birds in the coal mine. In the beginning, there were no birds at all. And this is our opportunity to show a little montage of miners, like a whole group of mine I'm people. Kidding. Yeah, they're a whole group of them going down into the mine and they all die. 
<laughs> all their wives did. watching tearfully like as nobody comes out <laughs> yeah and then and then we repeat that scene a couple of times because they they're like oh well something went wrong but don't know what so we'll just send another group of miners down there and they all die oh, yeah. eventually for the first the- 200 <laughs> years they thought it was the gods <laughs> Yeah, it takes several generations before they decide that as a 100% fatality rate with 0% coal returns was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they figure out that it's because of some bad air down there and they need a warning system to to get them out in time. I they like do, all in their, in their German accents. Oh, oh. <laughs> all the children? No, the, the 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 ancestors realizing that they need to oh. be monitoring for fumes. Yeah, they, they yes, maybe the air is poisonous. Oh, <laughs> all the other, <laughs> all of them simultaneously <laughs> slap their foreheads. No, mein Gott. <laughs> <laughs> and then they decide maybe a maybe a. A small animal, maybe a bird. A bird is light, easy to carry. But their first choice is not canaries. They decide that parrots talk. Maybe they'll be the most useful. They can tell everybody when something's wrong. Do we go straight to birds or do we wear out the joke and go through all, like uh, several the multitude of animals that they tried before they arrived there? I think it would be pretty funny if we went through a multitude of animals. We 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 went with a honey badger first, and it killed yeah, everybody. I was gonna say a cougar. <laughs> I was gonna say a cougar. The guy carrying it is just slicing him to ribbons. We we started with a bear. <laughs> Bears like caves. They don't like mines. Yeah. <laughs> Bears like caves, but it moved in and wouldn't let anyone right. else in. It like mines. It did not like people. <laughs> yeah, it liked the cave. It hated us. <laughs> Suddenly, it wouldn't let us in. We decided in a couple of generations that this wouldn't do either. Then we decided something smaller. We tried smaller. to make it work for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that's the genesis of the dancing bear. Repurpose the the sniffing cave bear to just be a circus attraction. Oh yeah, of course. But then we then we tried something smaller. A lion. There are so many survey teams that just turn up dead from this. It's amazing that there are any mine people left. They must have been very prolific. You know, we are Catholic, so we fuck like rabbits. I can't is do that, the voice. Is that the Catholic thing? That is a Catholic thing. Right. Go forth and procreate. Yeah. For The best for, Catholic. Since I'm not religious or aware of religious rules, I always thought that was the Protestants. But I, I now realize and remember that they're actually the prudes. Yeah. In my experience, all, all the best all the best Catholic families who could afford to get away with it had like nine or ten kids. Oh yeah, go forth and multiply. And so they did. They had make, God's make permission. Make fun of the make fun of the Catholic priest for having sex with his wife. They got that betrothal. That's all you need. That's that. That's the permit. Gotta have your permit. <clears throat> all right. So they're they're making new generations and they're working their way down to smaller and smaller and more manageable animals. Eventually, they need something that's light that they can keep in a little cage so it won't escape. They tried to go down with just mice held in their hands, and the, that didn't work out. They got away. Yeah, they just escaped from the cages. Oh, you're just, well, just they, holding one. Yeah, they, they were, he was just holding it in his hand, and it was like, I'm tired of being in your hand, and left. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that in Ryan, Ryan George's voice. I'm tired of being in your hand. I'm leaving. And so they did. 
Yeah, and so they did. And so now they need something that'll stay in a cage and talk. They decide they want something that'll talk. Yeah, something that makes noise. Because they, they tried it with something that was less communicative. It it kind of worked, except that the, the mind people didn't pick up on it. So they There's decided no once hope. and for all, once and for all, they need parrots. We needed Birds. an animal with better communication skills. Birds that talk. Birds that speak, yeah. So they picked up some parrots, only they didn't realize that parrots don't come knowing how to talk. Like out of the box, parrots don't just know things. They get their parrots oh, out of the box. Vocabulary not included. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's why these parrots need training. Oh, it says right on the box, vocabulary not included. But we we need to we need to back it up a little bit because we're we're actually getting into the in the minds part. We've yeah. we've left the classroom and and several really good jokes in the classroom behind. <laughs> what are the because because the, the teachers tell their teacher is telling them the history of the use of canaries in the coal mine. Right. And that's the option. That's the opportunity for one kid to say, my uncle works in a cannery. Oh, right. Yeah, we've got we've got one Kentucky kid in a pile of Germans. <laughs> well, God damn it. I forgot that this was an Appalachian town. Should they all be Billy's? I think there's a couple of them, but I'm having a lot of fun with the Germans. But maybe that's their German in the flashback of like previous generations. Yeah, I guess and we then, could and then in, into the lore. And then their modern incarnation, they're all they're all su- they're all, you know, Appalachian draws. Yeah. There there could be a mix of them. Yeah, okay, a couple of like Dutch people still there. <laughs> Nobody asked your opinion, half blood. <laughs> I'm tired of listening to Mr. Haney. <laughs> okay, Mr. Oh, shit. That means Francis should be the uncle who works in the cannery. Oh, he got a new job. <laughs> <laughs> he lives down here now. He's divorced. That's funny. my uncle works in a cannery. And there he is. It's showing. The the mechanism behind canning all this coal is just being put into cans. And then you see just like all kinds of other consumer goods made of coal. Then it snaps back to the classroom and that same kid opens up a, a can of cola. <laughs> cola. Yeah, and, he, and and we uh, we couldn't decide whether it was a like a solid brick that's in a can or if it was just like a thick polluted sludge that he then drinks. Either way, it's just two different ways to the same story where he's got like all black teeth and lips. And then we get an interior view in which his stomach acid and everything else inside of him is just kind of receding away from this coal. Nothing in his body wants anything to do with it. Oh, I figured we could do both where he he opens one up and it's like a frothy sludge and he goes, oh, who shook this one? He's like, that's all right. I got a backup. And that one is (laughs) the the, the, the rock. (laughs) <laughs> it gets it gets liquidy if you shake it. <laughs> it becomes more drinkable, and he'd prefer the solid one. He has to kind yeah. of ch- he has to chew it. <laughs> so his teeth are all black. He crunches it. It's, <laughs> it's got that nasty coal dust crunch, <laughs> and he swallows it. And then yes, it's a solid brick going down his thin little cartoon throat. <laughs> right, yeah. like a snake swallowing an egg probably i said i assume yeah and then it, it falls down with like that anchor boom, yeah. 
<laughs> the, the slide whistle thunk oh yeah slide whistle and then the thunk at the bottom of his belly and then in his interior everything everything flees away from it except for a small team of men with shovels who start chipping pieces off and throwing them into like a little internal furnace that's so silly <laughs> even <laughs> even the locals are powered by coal yeah that's how it works they're specially adapted divergent evolution <clears throat> Oh, and then it goes into the, the school inside his stomach, and there's a little boy saying, my uncle works in a cola kind of whatever oh my he says. God. <laughs> yeah, it just it <laughs> continues to go in and in and in, and oh, then one of the faster kids... faster and faster and faster. Yeah, it goes in and in, and then, then we're inside of the little school inside of this kid that looks very suspiciously identical to the school that he's sitting in, and one of the kids asks, but why do we use canaries? And then we transition into the history lesson about okay. the mine people and their generational just throwing away their lives into this cave system. <laughs> oh, just, while the other civilization the watches from the tree line, shaking their heads like these losers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah other, other settlers are shaking their heads, but yeah, they, like didn't, a... they didn't understand. There's like a crist a crystalline cityscape like starts appearing over the generations on the other side of the hill. Oh yeah, these these people are still living in just like shitty little a shoddy little village that's continually sending people into the mines. They nothing changes except every generation they send in a new group to die, and then in the background you see a a sprawling metropolis grow. Somewhere in the distant future, we can do like a, a, a like a deep callback inside joke kind of thing where we have a bit that takes place in that crystalline city. And like somebody is like threatened with what do you want to become one of the mine people? Oh, no. <laughs> they tell their children stories. About oh, yeah. The do you want the mine people come to come and get, and get you? Get you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. If you don't pass your classes, we're going to send you to go live with the mine people. Yeah. Yeah, children scream. <laughs> but I do think oh that during the like the little the little time lapse of the the sprawling metropolis growing up, at some point we actually see them uh, leave Earth. They they get into a spaceship and fly off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're they're they actually build they like evolved. the city. Of, <laughs> yeah, they build the city of the future just to demonstrate how far past the mind people they have evolved and developed. And They're settlers they from the exact same place, living three blocks away, functionally, but that they've got these different set of values. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it turns out, you know, normative, cultural, ethical relativism is shit. And so they develop a super society and eventually leave Earth. Oh, we quickly saw that co a fossil fuel was a what's the oh, I forgot the words I was going to say uh, a evolutionary red herring. We quickly realized <laughs> that fossil fuels were an evolutionary red herring. It's an evolutionary sink. Yeah. <clears throat> it's an evolutionary and cultural sink. Yeah, uh, later interviews with these now this spacefaring uh, uh enlightened idealistic oh. society. Well, they're the your people. <laughs> oh. Mine people and your people. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All these people. Okay. Okay. Um, so so now they've they've uh, we've we already touched on the the generation the very slow AI learning process. Right. They figure out the poison gas. They start with bears. They eventually wind up 
with parrots because they can talk and these guys are stupid. They are like, what do you mean they can't talk right away? They have to be taught. We need someone to train them. And so they go to the only parrot trainer that exists within the small distance that they're willing to travel in order to get something done. Oh, do they begrudgingly have to go to the the advanced people's town or something like that? That's where the guy lives. Ah, I kind of like that idea. They just, have to. That... They, now it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> How so? <laughs> because that's exactly what happens in one of his shitty movies. These backwoods people eventually have oh, to go. And, yeah. They have to go and discover society. That's so and funny. then Yay. and then realize that they've been living in. They they are coming out of the village. Yeah, they've been in like eighteen twelve for like the last <laughs> ten generations. I like this then because I'm I I I'm I think that we it it's better to lean into that lore a little bit. Yes, and the the mind people have been totally unaware of this civilization. That there's like there's legends and myths and rumors about other peoples elsewhere. Then this allows us to do the your people, people of your thing, because I think that that's a season one joke that we never did <clears throat> in the remaster, did we? Excuse me. No, we did not. Where did I write that down? Why did I did I say something about folding it in? I can't even remember. I think now. so. But it, it is an option for us to fold them in. Yeah, that's that's now officially what their spread. Their spanning metropolis is called their shining silver city of the future. It's your. It is, yeah, the people of your, and then, then that's where we can do that joke about, like, excuse me, we're the people, we're not your people, we're people of your. <laughs> yeah, we are the people of your. Okay, and that's perfect. That's, that's the origin of the term up yours. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, is, I like is, that even, because then we can yeah. introduce that in the classroom. One of the kids curses each other. Hey, up yours, Tommy. And the teacher... Danny, don't you do not say that. Why don't we say that? Well, oh, yeah, that's a cutaway back to the classroom and then back into story time. Something like that. Just just to kind of further tie them together, knit them up. Yeah. Now, the trainer, is it actually a guy or do the do the your people just hand over a copy of Aladdin? Out of curiosity, when we did this, was Gilbert Gottfried dead? I think so. Is that why we did it? Was because I just want to look him up. Gilbert Reed. I feel like that was very recent, wasn't it? April 2022. No, so we did that way. So he was still alive when we wrote this. Means there was still a hope of convincing him to do it. <laughs> well, I think part of it was I was going to because he was he's big on cameo or he was big on cameo. And I thought it would be very easy to get him to read lines for like 20 bucks or whatever. But no not anymore. <laughs> Although there's there's a guy on YouTube who who is who is creating who has created a uh, a, a a Gilbert Gottfried deepfake or whatever the voice version is. He's created an AI voice library of Gilbert Gottfried based on his cameo. So we still could get him to read lines. Oh, that's fantastic! And if that doesn't work, I'm sure there's somebody who can do an impression out there. Oh well, of course, yeah. I'm going to be practicing in front of my mirror because I think I could do a good one after a week or so. I cannot wait to hear your best Godfrey. Do I want to do one right off the cuff? I'm trying to think of a line that I would do it based off of. So this guy is nailing his daughter and he comes in. <laughs> oh, God, not the, not the, <laughs> not the aristocrat. The aristocrats. <laughs> not the aristocrats. He's got arms like a longshoreman. 
He's got arms like a longshoreman. That's not the voice, but it's cool. Yeah, I I don't. It's going to need a little bit of work. A little bit of work. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be enough to be a reference. Yeah. My reference is the Aristocat. (laughs) Yeah. Just about anything he reads, any of the lines he does, because he does a lot of lines. Oh, yeah. Of reading, I mean. (laughs) <laughs> I think he uh, belongs to that generation of comics who would have done a lot of lines, though. Yeah, I think so, too. That's why his eyes are always shut. I haven't opened my eyes since. <laughs> I, that was during the roast of Joan Rivers. I saw a lot of shit in the 80s. Oh, does, is that something he actually said? Yes, and he's, uh, yes, he's. it's a line from uh, a story he tells at the roast of Joan Rivers. And he's like, and I haven't been able to open my eyes since. He's a funny guy. Uh, he was a treasure and a gem. The kind of thing that you would find in a coal mine and toss aside because it's not coal. True. Oh, I do like the idea that the coal mine people. Oh, is the... they find <laughs> they find Mithril. I was going to say they find di- they discover diamonds. And that's what the, the advanced the your your the, the your is made out of the, the diamonds that they discard of because they think that they're useless. Oh, interesting. They use they use the discarded diamonds as a construction material. Yeah, they're like, I can't use this. It's not coal. You ruined my coal. <laughs> Keep the fire yeah. away from it. Yeah, they don't even burn it. <laughs> <laughs> they just can it. Yeah. Coal. They don't know how to create reactions with it. They just package it. They eat it. They build stuff out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Just, just don't put pressure on it. These, Yeah, these mine people, they find diamonds. They find mithril. That's where our little dwarves come in. <laughs> right. Yes, that's what they do. They dig a little too deep, the mine people, and they open up a, a, a vein of mithril or some other kind of mystical metal, and they find a bunch of dwarves already picking at it. It's like they live in the floorboards. Yeah, they kind of they behave as if you've just opened the bathroom door on them. They're like, do you mind? Sorry, sorry. Did we did we did we name them? I feel like we should give them a name just outside Ian's for now. The the our goblin dwarf gnome people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they have a name. We should pin. We should come up with a thing for that. Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I am. When I first heard that Peter Dinklage didn't want magical creatures to be referred to by names that are associated with real people anymore, I, I scoffed and I said, "Well, that's stupid. You can't control that." But now I kind of really like the idea of coming up with a new name for those things that everybody has just recycled the names over and over and over and over forever. I'm, I'm happy to come up with a name for them. Maybe somebody calls them dwarves or something, and they're like, "Excuse me." In, in a very similar repeat to the your people. Oh, I do like that. Look, I found a, a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, Ex- yeah very, uh, very Shakespearean. Excuse me. I beg your pardon. Yeah, I like that. Two, two fistfuls of ham. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, where were we? They found some dwarves as yes, though they the were cockroaches. I'm I'm trying to think about what to name them. Although yeah, it's not super important, and I I don't want to get hung up on that one. We've got yeah, no, plot let's not go through. 
hung up on it now. That's an important like road mapping decision, I feel like. So the trainer, the parrot trainer. Yeah. Is it's Godbert Gilfried. It is Godbert Gilfried. Is it Godbird Gilfried? Oh, that's better. Or is it just Gilbert God oh. God something? Gilbert 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 Godfried. Gilbert got milk? Or, got, <laughs> or is it got is it got freed? Like the free bird got freed. Gilbert got freed. Yeah, Gilbert got freed. Okay, I'm good with that. Why did we not come up with that? Why was that so hard? I don't know. I guess we're fucking idiots. <laughs> I guess we are fucking idiots. Okay. <laughs> I guess we are. <laughs> I guess we belong in this mine. We definitely don't belong in yours. We're not the your. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're right where we belong. <laughs> Okay. okay, so they they a group, a group of these mine people brave the journey into the village of Yore, or what they what was in legend a village, but is actually a spanning metropolis of chrome and diamonds. Oh, yeah. Have they been doing that thing? They tell stories about how it's this awful place. They don't actually know. They have no clue that it's a. Uh... Well, yeah, they uh, their last contact with the Yore people was in the age just as they traveled there and started to settle. As soon as they discovered the mine, they they stopped paying any attention to their neighbors, and they became legend. That this has sort of turned them into Plato's cave people. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if we ever. I know that we have a Plato, and I know that we did a cave allegory, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. There are lots of opportunities for Plato to point at many caves. (laughs) Yeah, true. I told you this this comes up everywhere. <laughs> Let's go on a little time travel adventure and I'll show you a whole bunch of different cave people. Oh yeah, that's a, okay, that's fine. Okay, we return to these people later then. I'm not trying to work in something new now. Let's focus on the parrot. Yes, they they brave the journey to this this village of steel and chrome. Your and they they enter and it's it's uh Oh, uh, it's it's one of it's a standard fish out of water story. Oh yeah, you know that old chestnut. They're they in a totally unfamiliar the, place. The all of the the crosswalk signs are are they don't understand. Oh yeah, they almost get hit by a car that they don't know what a car is. Yeah, all and we're gonna stuff. keep it. We're gonna keep it totally unclear as to what year this is actually occurring in. Sure. Since since it's a, a work of fiction that the boys are making. This could actually be happening in the far future, but the the mine people are still in the wrong century. People are in jet drawn carriages. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, except they can't figure out how to get coal to pull the carriage. So these goofs. I'm trying to think of other fish out of water things like trying to order food from somewhere, maybe. Well, they've never ordered food before. Oh, yeah, that's true. They've only ever had their own sourced coal. <laughs> cool. they've got cola oh ah. and that is an opportunity to do a like a when after they have met somebody from this place like their tour guide whoever that ends up being going like uh can i get a cola and then they hand them an actual cola and they're like what is this and they're like you said you wanted a cola sir and he's like this is he throws it in the trash or whatever it's like that sort of thing or some or I can't, they I can't love actual this. cola i can't drink this and then he watches somebody drink an actual like liquid and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't you can't you don't even chew on it. That's disgusting. 
it, uh, it, it was just oh, has to wet. Be, I can't drink this. Yeah. Yeah. It just has to be unfamiliar enough to be discomforting. Sure. But yeah, they don't understand crosswalks. They don't understand electricity. None of this makes any sense, even though they, you know, they obviously have conveyor belts. Everything is man operated. Okay, everything is the... everything is mine operated. <laughs> this is minecart. <laughs> You've been accused of Minecraft. <laughs> uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> okay. So yes, they they're have, they're in they your they yes, they eventually they ask for directions enough they get sent to Gilbert. I think this is the place. Now I think that maybe Gilbert is just like super uh, super prejudiced against the mind people, so he trains all their parrots to be horrible. I, I was going to ask one small thing. Where, what sort of place were you envisioning him residing or being located when we find him? I have no idea because uh, I had never previously thought that he would be inside of like a super futuristic city. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking about that either. Because the, the, the thing that immediately jumps to mind is at Disneyland and I think Disney World, they have a place called like the Tiki something, the Tiki something, Jungle Tiki Hut or something like that. And it is it is a musical performance uh, puppet show hosted by uh, Iago. Oh my god! With, with the Gilbert Gottfried voice, and then he 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 basically sings about how like actually he sings the "You Don't Have a Friend Like Me" song, but it's about how he's great and all the other birds like don't know how to sing and they all suck. So is, sounds, is he sounds like very Iago. He's at a tiki hut teaching all the birds to sing or well, talk, I guess. Whatever he's in, it needs to be like a futuristic city in the sky kind of version of it. Yeah, I guess. So, so I guess he can be in a tiki hut made of chrome. <laughs> Cyber tiki. Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah. Uh, we're going to invent it. Deviant art. Cyber yeah. tiki. Somebody's already created it using those weird AI image generators. Oh, that's probably. Uh, man, I wish I didn't. I used that my whole uh, trial already. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, the fifth thing that comes up is X videos. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're going to have to do some research later. <laughs> that is funny. I didn't even search DeviantArt CyberTiki. I just searched CyberTiki, and the first thing that came up was uh, yeah, because of, Because of cyber. Yeah. I'm not getting what I want out of this. <clears throat> okay, back okay, to the... Okay, so, the so he's in... I'm going to assume he's in like an, an actual cool penthouse. Our, our mind people have to go through their very first elevator experience that isn't operated by ropes and pulleys. Because, of course, they're used to the being in a wooden bucket and basically being raised and lowered with just like ropes. Oh, is that where they have their first? Sorry, your people. It was people of yours, like with the elevator boy or the doorman or whatever. Oh, yeah. He's very regal. Yeah. The... the, the the doorman, yeah, the elevator attendant. Yeah. He's very regal and aristocratic. And yes, he, he would be exactly the type to be kind of offended by a, what is functionally just a short form of the people of yore. I say, by Jove. By Jove. Who is Jove? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a one of the names of God. Oh. Yeah, my God, good God, blah, blah, blah. Without blaspheming, yeah, it means Christian God. <clears throat> Okay, um, so they they go up to this penthouse. Yes, they go up to the penthouse and they they wind up at like a an aviary. This guy's a bird nut. He hates people and he hates the mine people more than any other people that he hates. 
Does he? Sorry, uh, what is what is the premise for our parrot? I'm I, I got a little bit lost. I just need to read some of this. Only trainer is Gilbert Gottfried. Are we doing? Is the point of doing him to do the ex parrot thing? No, all the parrots are s- super assholes. Most of the ex parrot stuff was uh, tangent. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, a lot of it was going off on a tangent that I couldn't figure out how to make fit. But there's still an opportunity for there to be an ex parrot in the modern in the the because this is a flashback story right yeah there's still an opportunity because there aren't any parrots yet to be ex-parrots but there now could be I'm an ex-parrot yeah who which which character so if this is a flashback which character went to your a group of the mine people we haven't okay we didn't identify them no in fact since they're all totally expendable there's no point naming any of them some of them are probably yeah. going to die just accidentally on this trip. Right. This is part of a story that's being told, so they don't matter anyways. Yes. This is okay. just how they came to use canaries. And they're, and the a major step on the road to using canaries was using parrots. And this is right. why they okay. don't use parrots. This is why we don't use Gilbert, parrots. Okay. Gilbert Gottfried made them into assholes that actually increased the rate of death in the mines. Is is are we going to cut? Is the end of this entire like act or portion of the show? Are we going to cut away from the parrot story by Tucker and Todd realizing that this has gotten too convoluted? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're like I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're writing anymore. Yeah, what was the purpose of this? <laughs> What's the plot? What are we doing? Where are we going? And how do we end this? And they're like, I have no idea. Abandoned sketch? Yeah, I think abandoned sketch. Light the beacon. Oh, right. We were going to do the abandoned sketch beacon and we can use our, our newspaper as kindling. Oh, yeah. It's suspiciously flammable. Oh, that's interesting. Because I, I was starting to think of other ways as like as a scene is playing out, Tucker's voice cuts through whatever other narrative or uh, voiceover was on. Like, hey, look what I made. And then the, the characters like in the scene, like look around in confusion. Todd, look what I made. And he's like made something. Out of the <laughs> oh, I like that one. That's that's when the fourth wall breaks, but from the other side. Yeah, yeah. Which does the sixth wall or whatever, the first wall, the zeroth wall. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's when the narrators break the wall. It's weird. <laughs> it's an inverse fourth wall break. Yeah, but we well, but we can. The parrots get turned into super assholes. They all talk like Iago, and all they do is roast the miners just all the time. Thus, actually causing the fatality rate in their mind to increase attrition just like rampant suicide from you know depression because they're all just tired of being made fun of by these parrots workplace accidents increase by 300 percent. nobody cares anymore so this can't go on and they uh there's probably an extended scene of them eating a whole bunch of fried chicken wings that you know they obviously came from parrots like like colorful multicolored fried wings yeah <laughs> And and uh, I've got a question here about how does that result in canaries taking over the parrot's gig? And I think that's a question that one of the children asks the teacher and the teacher can't come up with an answer because we can't come up with an answer. And that's when we t- that's when we back out. Oh, the thing the thing that I imagine just right now is I w- as you were asking with the question mark was um, as as everybody is enjoying their their fried parrot lunch. Some canaries, <laughs> some canaries 
some very nice, mild-mannered-looking canaries wander into town and very, uh, very politely ask, so what's going on here? And as everybody shoves their fried parrots behind their backs. <laughs> not eating bird, are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not bird you're eating, is it? I suppose I suppose then that's when we cut away is that how canaries take over is is that how canaries fit into this like how does that make sense and then Tucker because of course that was Tucker's idea well I don't I don't know I thought you'd make sense of it yeah yeah. (laughs) I'm just the idea guy (laughs) and that's and that's when they they kind of wring their hands about it and they're like i you know what i don't think this is going anywhere i think this is just getting messier and messier abandoned sketch abandoned sketch do we pull the abandoned sketch lever yeah i like that pull the lever uh, we pull the lever we pull a the hammer lever. drops from the sky to break the glass i was thinking that it would cause a uh a button to descend like on a on a, on a little control rod arm yeah. So we pull the lever, a button comes down, so they push the button, and then that causes a, a wall to flip over, and there's an in case, of, uh, in case of abandoned sketch break glass, and inside of it is Mjolnir that we can't lift. What did we break the glass with? <laughs> we can't find anything to break the glass with. The hammer we need to break the glass with is inside the glass. Who you, designed you this? To, you wrap, wrap a jacket around your hand. You can't, still can't break the glass. <laughs> Who designed this? Smash. We spent all we spent all of the budget. We spent all the R and D on the button. <laughs> That's this. This is exactly the kind of thing we would design too. We just abandoned a sketch for being too convoluted, and our abandoned sketch process is itself too convoluted. So we decide that we need to light the abandoned sketch beacon manually. We attempt to use the paper, but it won't light. Oh, Ooh. the paper. Do, the paper doesn't burn. That's why it's going to be the only thing that's left later. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's what makes it the uh, the clue. Oh, it I was, totally it forgot was about delivered clues. by clues. The clues the... goes all the way into the fucking Halloween special. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the mommy Lee. The, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The newspaper was our very first clue. Yeah. Because uh, we, we light the beacon. It starts burning out of control we've got a convoluted system of fire suppression that's all been sabotaged and doesn't work i i believe we decided that we had sprinklers to start with uh one of one of our fire suppression systems was supposed to be a flame retardant gas and it just you know nothing comes out it just sorry i devised gags based on sabotage fire suppression so we we light the signal fire and then the signal fire quickly becomes a problem that we have to put out Yes, it it okay. definitely becomes a problem. Sorry, yeah. Well, sorry, what were we signaling? <laughs> we're lighting the beacon that is part of the abandoned sketch sequence. I don't know if we ever explained how that yeah, that's contributes what I like. to it. As we're as we're on the tower holding the torch out to like light the the bonfire, we're looking at each other, going, "Sorry, so what is this signaling again? I don't know. <laughs> just light it. <laughs> what does this do? <laughs> <laughs> it's Why'd you have me? Why'd you have me blow that horn? And they call it a mine. And they call it a mine. Okay, so we light it, and then, oh, okay, and then we have to put it out. We, we try to, to put it out. There's a we separate have... thing that we have to break the glass on. Can we break the glass on that thing? How come this one breaks? This isn't emergency glass. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the emergency glass can only be broken with the emergency hammer. That's it funny. makes perfect sense. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just noticed that uh, Craig and Gigi says that they started recording 45 minutes ago, but they also say they started recording at 8.08 p.m. They say they recorded 45 minutes ago? Yes, I think their counter just stops counting up at 45. Maybe. Because it's been 45 minutes for at least 45 minutes. Yeah, are they? They're still in here. They're still in here. They're still recording. I think we're good. Their recording started at 8.08. It's ongoing. It just Um, says that 8.08 was 45 minutes ago. That means I think their count count up counter is broken. Maybe. Okay, so... So the studio's on fire. Okay, so the counter is still going. It's at 135. Oh, now it says two hours ago. One of them does. The other says 45. Hmm, whatever. Uh, so the, the studio's the studio on fire. going on fire. Uh, the alarm goes off. We have an alarm. It's probably... Um, what was the last alarm joke we did? It's the same alarm. An alarm joke? Ooh. Moo. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> what was that for, though? I forget what the that alarm was for, but we have the same alarm for everything and the fire system. Yeah. The sprinklers try to come on, but they just like spit a little bit of just kind of coal dust. Because <laughs> reality hates us. It's had enough. Well, Paper also, blowers every sabotage time, the system. Every time the inspector comes, we should like shut the lights off and pretend we're not home. Yeah. Yeah, none of this. We don't have a permit for any of this. <laughs> None of this is zoned. None of this is licensed. We've never had it inspected. Coal dust comes out of the sprinklers and makes the fire bigger. That's my It's just one of those, what do they call it, a flashback or whatever? Yeah. We just, this is when we start running around in circles in panic. Because we, we're on the we start, roof, right? We're on the roof. We're in the studio. Oh. If we were on the roof, we'd be like, hey, fresh air. But no, we're inside the studio. The place is starting to fill with smoke. The alarm is going off. The fire department, we can hear them coming, but we're trying to get the the gas system to come on it's not working either it just just kind of farts what are we working towards with this we are going to be leaving as the fire department gets here to put out the fire we're going to enter and find lots of our stuff burnt and the only thing that's still intact is the newspaper that was how we ended it paperboy has made an attempt on our lives paperboy has he's we decided that he's the one who sabotaged our fire suppression systems Oh, and he left the newspaper. Okay, because I'm I was starting to get into like, why? What are we doing with this fire? We yeah, he he sabotaged our safety systems, yeah, and then just basically waited for us to do what we do. Right. He he just assumed that at some point we would set a fire. Yeah, and he didn't have to wait long. That's for damn sure. Maybe straight woman can come to that conclusion when she's being sleuthy at some point down the road of like, well, it was obviously somebody who knew that you would like that you had an abandoned sketch signal fire plan in the first place. Yeah, in the middle of a building, (laughs) a bonfire. Somebody who knew you had an abandoned sketch signal fire and would abandon a sketch. Like we abandon every sketch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't take a detective, but it sure wouldn't it sure wouldn't occur to us. Why did you guys even build an abandoned sketch signal fire if you abandon every sketch? We're trying what to sell a question is that? What kind of question is that? It's cool. <laughs> it's not what in a movie. Talking about? Yeah. 
Why do you hate fun? Yeah, we just I don't understand the question. Okay, so yes, we're we're being hauled out now. The place is full of smoke. Uh, everybody is crawling around on the ground, except of course for Tucker, who can just walk around at his normal height because the smoke is just above his headline. They're being hauled out by the fire department, who come in and start spraying everything down. All of our all of our notes for this sketch are destroyed. We 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 fist bump each other behind our backs. Nice. <laughs> That's. Doesn't get more abandoned than that. <laughs> I think we abandoned several sketches there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now that's how you would abandon a sketch. Yeah, an entire filing cabinet full of ske- <laughs> half-written sketches has been destroyed. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, yeah the, okay. the the police the or not police but the uh the fire marshal or whatever is giving us like a tour of like looks like this entire room of scripts was destroyed nice nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jay, jay rolls jay her is, eyes. yeah jay is not happy with that she's <laughs> she is not impressed and he's like the only thing in this room that wasn't you know isn't turned into black and pitch is uh this newspaper which like, somehow like we we had disassembled it and folded it into hats and swords and paper airplanes and stuff, but when we return, it's all back in one piece as a newspaper. Yeah, mystical. Yeah, it's it's a newspaper. Spooky. And the date on the newspaper is the date of the breakout. <gasps> yeah, but we don't get that because we're stupid. It says the date of the breakout, two thousand twenty or whatever. <laughs> Just the the day hell was set loose. Maybe the uh, the date on the newspaper is even like circled in red pen twice. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because Anderson Koopas knows he's dealing with a couple of idiots. Oh, in the scene where we see him in his lair, do we see him circling the date on a newspaper? I think that's a good idea. I think that way the newspaper itself is referenced earlier. Yeah. And that's probably a, a really good switch away scene. Because there he is in his lair circling it. And as the news as the newscaster is talking and then Anderson starts talking and then Jay starts talking and pulls us out of that scene. The newspaper is yeah. the part that stays. It, it's continuous throughout both scenes. So that's the newspaper that we are looking at right at the beginning of our scene at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. That's perfect. And then we, we tear it apart. We do all that stuff with it. We play with it. And, and reassemble it. And it, it, yeah, it's reassembled and it's not burnt. It's just sitting right on a blackened table. And even even we are smart enough to realize that an unburnt an unburnt paper in the middle of an inferno is weird. So we keep it. I wonder if uh, touching it or noticing it causes a glitchy effect. Oh, definitely. All right. If there's so, going to yeah. if there's going to be one, it has to be one there. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's reassembled itself. That's pretty weird on an outsidey just kind of by itself. Yeah. So, so yeah, the glitchy, glitchy outsidey effect. The what else would the fire marshal say to us? I've I've never actually been in a fire. Um, the only yeah, I haven't been in a fire either. Nobody's been murdered. Nobody's hurt. It's only our personal property that's been damaged, and this place is still vaguely livable. Maybe we take the week. And we go stay in a hotel while this place gets repaired. Oh, or do do they find do they find something else 
that suggests it, do they find some sort of not not necessarily spe specifically an oily rag but do they find some sort of oily rag which suggests that it was tucker and todd's fault that the fi well i mean i guess we started the fire oh yeah we definitely started the fire but there could have been like for instance there could have been um signs of accelerants in the bonfire in the beacon mm. itself you know That's like somebody exactly. had somebody had set it up sabotaged it so that it would definitely get out of control maybe it wasn't that, actually entirely our fault is that what we're aiming at we want the the fire marshal to to make some sort of observation that it does look like foul play yeah this was arson there were signs of accelerants in the thing that the fire was definitely going to be built in i don't know when you said this is arson the first thing that popped into my head is it it does a cutaway to the buffalo family they say no he's our son <laughs> <laughs> oh those guys again <laughs> my son no our son <laughs> No, arson. Jerry! <laughs> Jerry claims to have started the fire. Don't mind him. Yeah, don't mind him. He's crazy. We don't use that word here. I'm sorry. Um, It's clearly arson. And they're like, well, yeah, we started the fire. No, now we, now we can't claim insurance. We are insured against self-arson. Oh, that is, is that how we do it? Then before we even hear from the fire marshal, we have the insurance guy telling us how much money we're about to take as he's like writing out a check. And then the fire guy comes over and says, this is clearly arson. And we're like, well, yeah, we started the fire. And the, the insurance guy is like, Gulp, or whatever. He quickly rips up the check and walks away. Actually, I actually think it would be funny if we had a unique policy that involved, you know, all kinds of clauses for like, just like accidental idiocy. Oh, technically, if you started it yourself accidentally, then you still get a payout. For for Tucker and Todd, yes, they get all these kinds of exceptions. That's why they pay such a high premium. Oh, and they is have, that why they have special insurance policy? And is that why we have extra money to go on a family vacation next episode? Yeah, yeah. So we we get a payout, and we're like, woohoo! We got a payout, and we didn't have to finish this get or oh, any I'm, of those other ones. I'm trying to set it up as like a gag. Is are we sitting there trying to tell, try to tell straight woman about how like this is going to be great? We're going to get a payout, or maybe we don't even know. I don't know. The straight woman trying to tell us that there's like there's no way they don't pay out. Insurance doesn't pay out if you start the fire yourself, and the guy comes over and announces how starting the fire ourselves is exactly what got us the payout. Yeah, we have a special clause in our insurance. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very high likelihood that we will accidentally set ourselves or our building on fire. Straight woman grabs the policy out of the guy's hand. She's like, let me see that. She's like, oh, my God, you're actually right. Oh, my God. You guys actually did something right. We didn't get that a policy. Mom did. Oh, that's funny. She's like, you guys actually did something right. You rip up the check and throw it in the air like confetti. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> we need that money. <laughs> But yes, uh, that it makes perfect sense that it was it was mom who got us that insurance. Oh, it's got her signature on it. It's just signed mom. Yeah. Oh, is that when straight detective like perks up her 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 straight ears perk up her her straight ears her detective ears perk up and she's <laughs> like mom. She sees the signature if it, it, it grabs her attention or whatever. Oh, she's she's suspicious now of mom. Yeah, we've never discussed the idea of her being suspicious of mom, but I like setting that up now, especially no, well, because she does have any, a relationship with Columbo. Yes, and anybody who could somehow negotiate an, an insurance policy like that is deeply <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, definitely. I like that. This is good. 
Yeah, so we can have an improbable insurance policy because it was negotiated for us, you know, on our behalf by an eldritch god. <laughs> so it makes perfect sense. There, it was like probably some Jedi mind tricks at play. Yeah, mom set up our insurance. So yes, they get a payout. It's not they're not disqualified because it was arson. It pays out double in case of accidental self arson. Oh, is the mom signature in like a creepy font that's going to come back someday when she finally realizes the connection between the two? Oh, I like some of those creepy fonts. I'll have to find one. The one where it's like disappearing in ink stamps. The Zalgo font. Yeah, I think we both know the thing that we're talking about. It was popular on Facebook for a bit when Facebook was popular. There's there's more stuff on it. Some of it was cut off. Some of it was cut off. Yeah, some some of the Zalgo font was cut off, but I copied and pasted mom in there. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, that, that, that. Yeah. It's because it's a lot of vertical text. Yeah. So that's a clue that uh, she won't get now, but she will. It will come back later. Maybe the signature is actually vaguely animated with some of these weird symbols just in it, like swirling. and. Oh, yeah. Looks like, it's like, uh, it's like the arrival text. Yeah living font yeah creepy stuff okay yes and so i suppose that's also deeply suspicious maybe maybe the um maybe uh jay's detective eyes activate and she notices that our our insurance guy's got lots of those symbols just like floating around in his eyes mm, well, that's interesting either way we we walk away from this with a check and uh our entire workload for the next like two weeks burnt mega celebration we have a we don't have to do it now yeah and them and money we got paid to not do any of our stuff the american dream get paid that is that is the best case scenario (laughs) 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 we're counting this one as a win nobody realizes that there's actually like a a mutant predator currently after our very lives and this was attempt number one does it shoot back? Oh, is this where we do the the crystal ball thing? It shows Paperboy watching us. He can he he can see us through the newspaper. Yeah, I was thinking that the newspaper was somehow either bugged or like he can see through it due to you know be he's Paperboy. Yeah, he's looking at the the front the headline photo on his own piece of his own his own newspaper and the image yeah. that he sees on the front is what the view from the the magic paper roll yeah he can see what the newspaper sees yeah i like that it's an eye of kilrog <laughs> yeah it's it's goddamn saruman yeah and and that weird ball he was looking at that he likes so much does he need to say anything or he's just watching next time tucker and todd He's he's watching because now we're probably going to be in a vulnerable position. But I think he's kind of busy still coming together. Mm. If anything, he was testing our, you know, like our our security, our boundaries. Right. OK. He, he managed to get the newspaper in. He managed to damage our studio so that we have to not be there for a while. So maybe that's going to be an opportunity for him to further sabotage it. So does he make an allusion to having further steps on a plan or it's just a shot of him watching and cackling? I think a shot of him uh, watching and cackling would be best. An alternative is he's got a whiteboard where he's like kill Tucker and Todd. Step one complete. Step two in progress. <laughs> like no, without detailing elements of his plan beforehand. 
Yeah, without detailing the other steps. I Maybe think him, him just watching in satisfaction now that he's basically got us bugged. Yeah. Also, later, Stan is going to try to read that newspaper at his at his little favorite couch. Yep. He's going to throw it away. <gasps> he doesn't like it. This newspaper oh, is weird. Off with it. Yeah. He's a little outside creature. He would, you know, there would be some pretty like heavy glitchy stuff as he picks it up. He's like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, there's something junky about that newspaper, you guys. So that'll, that'll be our opportunity to get rid of it as soon as it becomes inconvenient. But for now, it's it's watching us. Right. And so, yeah, I think we, we fade to black and that's credits on him cackling. Yes, he's he's watching us through that thing, getting our check and being happy because that's that's what it'll be. It'll be that scene. And then it's just like kind of fades back. And then he's watching us in the same way that we're always doing with the TV. But instead of the TV, he's watching us through his newspaper and then he's just, yeah, he just starts laughing and he's he's pleased with himself and then fades to black. Do we have any after credit sequence again? Hint at Paperboy, did he sabotage the fire suppression systems? Oh, does while he's laughing somewhere on his like on the on the table where he's looking at a, the, the newspaper, which serves as his crystal ball, is there like a piece? Uh, oh, he's the, he's the got a system. I think maybe he's he's got like a, a bundle of wires or something. Well, something that the fire marshal referred to. It would have been fine if you'd had your something, something, something. And then he's got that. Well, yeah. And there were accelerants. He's also got a jug of turpentine on oh, the yeah, table yeah. with him because yeah, that's one the of the things that they can easily detect in an arson case is uh, turpentine and, and remnants of stuff like that. But uh yeah, if your if your suppression system was working properly, blah blah blah. So maybe he's got like a torn out bundle of cables, you know, wires and stuff that would have been essential in those things working. And then he's got a little jug of turpentine just sitting on the table in the background while he's watching us through the newspaper. Yeah, that's great. So he he deactivated our stuff and he definitely put a lot of extra Bernie stuff in our fire so that our beacon turned into a scorching blaze. There's all sorts of Bernie stuff in here. There's gas, <laughs> there's fuel, there's a, a Bernie Sanders 2020 poster. Oh, Bernie. Yeah. I wish. I wish. Would have been pretty cool. Would have been pretty cool. Um, I think that's, that's all, it. folks. That's, that's all, folks. Yeah, a bit of hope right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, we can. <laughs> yeah that's yes that was that was the closing but yeah is there a a, a, a post credit a post credit i don't think so are there any references in there that we want to make what's happening ne next week is the vacation next week we're oh oh that's perfect because that's when we get to see the commercial for anti-imperialism's fun farm or wherever it is that's where we're gonna right. go on vacation yeah exactly awesome yeah okay that's good so maybe a post-credit scene is just us uh, walking into a hotel room. Well, we walk into oh. a hotel room and we throw on the TV. Oh, yeah, because we've got nowhere to stay right now. The, the studio burned down. Well, it burnt on the inside. It, the structure is still fine. It just It's probably considered unsafe to stay in right now while it's being repaired and stuff. Right. The building itself is salvageable. But we're spending the night at the travel lodge. Probably a, a couple of nights to a week. Yep, we're at a we're at a hotel. We all walk into a hotel room. Tucker, Todd, and probably Jay too. I, I am assume, not sharing I a bed to, with either of you. Yeah, I have to assume she has a home. 
Oh she yeah, just, I never she just that. works for us. Does she live there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she plays there. She uses our our uh, green room as a holodeck to play around in. Yeah, she's there during the day. She uses it like a leisure center as well as a place of employment. Oh well, maybe that's the post credit sequence. Then is is us giving her doe eyes, trying to say like like bring us home with you, like trying to convince her to take us home with her for the night or whatever, and then. And then the next episode starts with us causing havoc in her house. And she says, that's it. We all need a vacation. Oh, I like that. That's perfect. Yeah. You guys just got an influx of cash. We are yep. going on vacation. That's it. We need a vacation and you guys are paying for it. Yeah. I, and I like that if it can be a running gag the whole time that she is, we're complaining as she like pulls cash out of our, our, our uh, what are they called? Fanny, fanny packs. Oh, yeah. She reaches for Todd's. Todd picks up Tucker. <laughs> so that so that she has to reach into Tucker's fanny reach pack instead. That's funny. Don't touch my fanny. That is okay, a funny yes. one. Okay, yes. Post post credit scene of us going home with Jay. That won't last very long. No. It was it was under uh duress. Yeah. And it was out of the kindness of her heart. It was very uh apprehensive on her part. In protest. Yeah. You were here on sufferance. I like it. And yeah, we caused just mayhem. I wonder what her house looks like. Now we have to design it. Before we had an easy go <laughs> with just like a hotel room because they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to design a house. Well done. That's okay. Giving yourself a bunch of work. That's okay. You can just pick like a bland generic floor plan from any like bungalow in The Sims. I think, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it might be actually extremely just like bland and generic and minimal and very straight, very straight. Yeah. Like, well, I, I just need a place to sleep at night. I live at your studio. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the case. Is this is just where she sleeps. Yeah. Anyways, that was this episode. Yeah, that's all, folks. That's everything. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Todd, for hosting. Thank you, Tucker, for co-hosting. And thank you to Craig and Gigi for reading this pre-recorded message. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Snidefall. Hosted by Tucker and Todd. Right. I'm Gigi. And I'm Craig. If you'd like, you can send an email to snidefull at gmail.com. Or search Snidefull on social media. Which ones? I don't know. Great. I know that the Instagram account is spelled different. Whose idea was that? I don't know. Classic. I'll just put a link in the description. You can do that? OMG.